What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. It's the What's Good Podcast. What's Good Ladies and gents, this is your girl, Brianna Javon, with another episode of Let's Good Podcast. We are in season five, and I am super excited to be here. I do have another guest today. Her name is Erin. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm super excited for her to be here. As you guys know, we are doing season five, and the theme is film. So, as you guys and gals know, we do not do interviews. We do genuine conversations. So, let's get started. You have an icebreaker. Okay. You ready for yours? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, look. All right. So your icebreaker, it is kind of deep. I know we had a chat before we got started. <laughs> Use me, Jesus. Come on. Okay. okay. What is your greatest fear as an entrepreneur? Prepare for this. I'm just like, um, my greatest fear as an entrepreneur is not believing in myself when mm-hmm. I get to new heights. The mm-hmm. each new height is not believing in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been a struggle uh, for me a lot. Uh, it's just not like, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Like, is it is? Am I making the right you know move? I just mm-hmm. pray that I'm making um, the right move at every step of the way, and that I'm mm-hmm. being sure of my decisions. I love that. So. Yeah. so when we do have fear, do you have any tips or tricks to get over that particular emotion? Because we all know fear is temporary. Yeah. So how do you get on the other side of it? Oh, man. I just I just do it. Like, it, whatever it mm-hmm. is, I just kind of do it. I think because I have gotten over fears that I, I thought I never would have. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I used to be terribly afraid of dogs. Like, I'm talking mm-hmm. terribly. And that was one fear all of my life I never thought I was going to um, overcome. So mm-hmm. once I overcame that, it kind of made me easier to like attack my fears and mm-hmm. just go for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas just me like, okay, I'm not going to go for it. I'm just going to stay back. But yeah. now I'm kind of like, I got over something that I never thought in a million years, even my family and my friends never thought I would get over it. Wow. So I can do anything, honestly. That is so cool. I mean, yeah. did you start being around dogs and just, you know, pet them? I got or... a dog, girl. I was running you for him the first week. A... <laughs> I was running for, I got him, he was a little small, a little uh, Yorkie, uh-huh. got him, and I was running from him the first week, I kid you not, oh. in the car, like, oh my God, where is he, where is he, but yeah, it helps me, like, just, it calmed me out, so I was like, man, they're not that bad, I actually mm-hmm. love them now, um, you know, so, yeah. Okay, what's the baby's name, what's the Yorkie's name? His name is Chauncey, I don't have any more, oh. motherhood was not for me at the time, okay, <laughs> but... We did we did accomplish something. Everything happens for a reason, that as they true. say. So Chauncey came in my life, taught me to get over that fear, mm-hmm. and then he left. You mm-hmm. know, just kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He had a purpose. He knew <laughs> yeah. what he was supposed to do, and he's now on his next chapter. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I love he's that. He's in a beautiful home now. So good. Yeah. All right, so we always start off with every conversation with a genuine conversation. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we ask who the guest is. Mm-hmm. So for you, it will be who is Erin? So who is Erin? Who am I? Um, well, I am a girl from Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> I love media and film. Mm-hmm. I am a person that is transitioning into um, a the healthier version of myself, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I would just say I'm a person that's, that's learning and becoming a woman. I would mm. say, yeah. What has that journey looked like for you? 
Uh, well, when I went off to school, um, I went to school to, for law. Mm-hmm. Quickly after those political science papers started coming in, I was it like, well, real? no, it got too real. <laughs> I was like, well, God, we're going to have to choose another path. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been saying I wanted to be a judge since I was like maybe in the second or third grade. Mm-hmm. Went out to school, political science major, and I was like, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, God, like, what do I want to do? So mm-hmm. I realized, I was like, okay, let me go into media. Like, you know, I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be on TV. That was something that. I guess we'll talk, we'll probably get into that later, but that was always something I wanted to do at a young age. Mm-hmm. But because I grew up in Fort Worth, I didn't have the means, the resources. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, that's not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and to later revisit it is crazy. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I asked God, I was like, God, what is my purpose? Like, what do I like to do? I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then it came to me, I like to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's my one thing. That's my one superpower. You put me in a room full of people that don't look like me, mm-hmm. that don't have the same interest in me. I can still relate and I can still talk to them. Okay. I can still make them comfortable. I can still um, find a way to make me make them laugh. Like, I have mm-hmm. the gift of jab. Yeah, and so, I must agree because yeah. I know when we first met, yeah. it was instant, great conversation. Yeah. We was chatting about real things that's happening in real life, yeah. and it wasn't fluff. It yeah. really felt organic when yeah. I met you. And then from there, that's why I was like, however yeah. I can keep in touch with you, yes. I want to do that because you need people around you. Yes, you do. Like that. Yeah. So, all right. So that was really, really good, Marion. So I do want to talk about the time where you decided to transition from being a lawyer because now you're in media. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like? As you mentioned earlier with the Mm -hmm. conversation, with talking to God. What is my passion, Lord? What am I doing here? Like, what is my mission at this point? Mm -hmm. So what was that confirmation and that transition from coming from a lawyer? I want to be a judge to Mm -hmm. now I'm in film. Okay. So it came from my talk show. Um, I started my talk show as just a leap of faith. You know, I knew. So now I'm like, okay, God, I like to talk. I found mm-hmm. out what my purpose is. So I started my talk show. And then while I was in season of my talk show, I had a class. It was called, um, I want to say electronic media programming. Mm-hmm. It was basically talking about our movies and our shows and radio and how they program us. Mm-hmm. And I you say our, the black community? No, in just general, okay. like um, everybody, you okay, know, okay. all media. Um, so I asked, I was, I remember asking my professor, Professor Seed, I was like, Professor Seed, are there any black people that own these? Because there's five top major media companies mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. own all TV, they own movies, radio, all of that, mm-hmm. like Disney and um, NBC and things like that. Right. So I remember asking, I was like, is there any black people that own that? He was like, no. That night, I went home, I researched, and I was like, you know what? Helm Network, I'm about to start making. Yeah, yeah. listen, I was so appalled. I was like, that's why they view us. And previous before that, we've talked about how media programs us into feeling that way. That's why you walk into mm-hmm. a room with people who might not look like you, and they kind of look at you like, what, what are you doing here? They have these already preconceived notions about you. Mm-hmm. It's because media. They've watched TV shows. They've watched the love and hip hops. They watch movies, yeah. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And they think, okay, then well that's how they act. Mm-hmm. And that's not how we act. Right. You know? So that passion so my passion for film was fueled from just us not being represented correctly. Mm-hmm. And even we do have people that are in media. Mm-hmm. But even our own, right. they aren't representing us correctly either. Okay. So that's so funny you said that. Um last night I was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We was at the weed spot. Mm-hmm. And it gave me some edibles. So I think I may have been thinking a little <laughs> bit too into the situation. Mm-hmm. But on the news, it was 
a brief story about a serial killer, right? Mm -hmm. And how he was basically just going from city to city, just killing folks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it went to a neighborhood shooting. When I tell you the story about the serial killer, it was like pretty much the news telling the story. It Mm -hmm. was the network telling Mm -hmm. the story. It was their people. When it came to the shooting in the neighborhood, it was our people telling the story. And I don't know. I was telling my mom, I said, mom, am I tripping? Or are we looking crazy right now? She was in the camera. You know, it was a shooting right here. Pop, 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 pop. And over here, we was doing this and that. And I couldn't believe what was going on. And I'm like, why? Yeah. It's, it's. It's programmed to be that way. It's it's no by no coincidence because it want, it makes us feel like, oh, that's familiar. That's nothing. You know, these type of things happen all the time. That's why we have that's why they go and they'll get the wildest person to be on, you know. Yes. I got that. What is what was the uh um, uh kids, Hodge Wife? Yes. They go and get the wildest person because they want you to think that that's how all of us act and that we mm. natural that's our natural habitat. So just just seeing that and just seeing how um, our movies change over time. You yes. remember in the 90s, um, we had such beautiful movies, beautiful mm-hmm. love stories. It mm-hmm. showed black men and women loving each other. Yes. Now it's like moving more towards uh, black women being with white men. Mm-hmm. It's moving towards slavery. It's moving yes. towards uh, segregation movies. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we're more than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like... Mm-hmm. Why do other races get to have these um, extravagant stories True. and things of that nature? True. And we were stuck in this little box of slavery mm-hmm. and and things like that and killing True. and, you know. And what I've also noticed is that when we do have love stories, mm-hmm. they don't have the proper backing yeah. for them to get to the movie theaters or to mm-hmm. get to Disney yep. and Disney Plus and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of them go straight to Blockbuster. That's what they said yeah. back in the day. It go straight to Blockbuster yeah. to where it doesn't get the quality or the recognition, basically, mm-hmm. of other movies who are doing love stories and having they're back and to put them in proper places yeah. and going back to Aryan network or ham network yes, ham yes. network yeah. what is the dream behind that and how like what are the proper steps for you to get to where you want to be okay so the dream is to have my own studio and for us to produce and distribute our own movies shows and um media in general so like news and things Mm -hmm. of that nature and programs and maybe documentaries Mm -hmm. Uh, the steps getting there is funding it's very simple it's it's funding Mm -hmm. and i feel like with my the message that i'm coming with from for my studio and for my network it's kind of hard to get funding, you mm-hmm. know, from certain people because it's like, oh, do I want to back this? Kind of little, it might be a little controversial yeah. to some. Mm-hmm. So, I've been a little getting a little creative with it, you okay. know. Yeah. So, what does that creativity look like? Um, just kind of doing my own thing and just kind of like letting God do His part and mm-hmm. just kind of trusting Him that it's gonna happen. I've mm-hmm. already written it down, mm-hmm. you know, Habakkuk two two. I've already written down, made it plain. Gave it to God. Come and on, then, verse. Yes. Okay. I, I hope I said that right, Christians. <laughs> I'm sorry, saints. Um, but yeah, I've already written it down. And one of my favorite verses is Zechariah 14. Mm-hmm. Do not despise these small beginnings for the mm-hmm. Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So my part right now as the owner of Helm Network is just to create. Mm-hmm. Just make films. Uh, they don't have to be good. My very first short film I shot with my iPhone. 
at my friend's apartments in like the leasing center. Nice. And it was pretty good. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, a production at Tyler Perry mm-hmm, Studios, mm-hmm. but hey, it was done by the Helm Network and I loved it. It was my first film. So I think the first, very first thing before you, as an entrepreneur, you mm-hmm. know, let's let's take film and media off the table. Mm-hmm. As entre- is to just get started. That is true. It's to just get started because it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have fun. You might not have funding off the rip, but you have to get creative. And true. I think that that's what all entrepreneurs have in, have in mind. So when I talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, I, I don't have this, I don't have that. Well, how are you using your resources? You have something. If you have a phone in your hand, you got something. Okay? That is true. Because so. I feel like all these phones now, they're creating it to where you can do movies, yes. to where you can be creative. Because they know social media is, you know, the number one resource right now, other mm-hmm. than Google, of course. But everybody's going to social media. So they want to make sure that they have those capabilities in mm-hmm. those phones. And I tell people all the time who want to start a podcast, you probably got all the equipment at home for you yep. to get started. Yep. You got headphones. You got a microphone. You got a camera. Okay, let's do it at this point. Because, I mean, you can make things happen with what you have. I think so many people think so far-fetched that it has to be this big, huge thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, just like with a puzzle, you have different pieces that come together. And with this situation, you have different projects, you have different resources, and you have different tasks for everything to come together for a bigger purpose in life. That's right. So thank you for sharing that. That was really, really good. So as far as what you're currently doing, because Mm -hmm. of course we have to get started, Mm -hmm. what are you currently doing? Because I know we've had collaboration with Ablon. Shout out to Ablon. Bree is all actor out here. She's a whole actress out here. Let me tell y'all. Well, let me tell y'all on set. Yeah. You were amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate so it. when it comes to film, I want to talk about the different things that you contribute when it comes to mm-hmm. film, like writing, producing, directing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. What do you contribute to film? Um. Well, right now, since it's just a one woman show, <laughs> I, I feel that you saw what I had. Yeah, to do. So yeah. You, you pretty much do everything, but my strong suit is directing and writing. Mm-hmm. Um. I like to write because I feel like my stories are very different than what I see a lot of black directors and black writers are writing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can study people, but you also have to stay authentic to who you are and Mm -hmm. set yourself apart. And I feel like that's what my writing does. Um, I like to make a lot of virtual worlds, you know, Mm -hmm. and I like to take my characters to places where they're not going to come back, like where it's like it really gets you. So I think that that's my strong suit is just writing and directing. Right now, I have a short film called Inevitable that I mm-hmm. filmed with Corey Harden, who's amazing. Uh, we both co-directed the project. And I have another one called Granny May that I... Yes, Come girl. on, Granny. Granny May. A miss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Granny May that is something very different. It's actually a thriller. Really? It's, it's not, yeah, it's not what people may think it is when you hear the name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Granny May pulling tricks out here, y'all. Oh. So, <laughs> she's, she's a mess. Um, but I, I like doing things that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mm-hmm. said earlier, when we think of black film, we think of love. We think of maybe a little hustling yeah. and killing. We don't think of things like Avatar or mm-hmm. we don't think of um, sci-fi sci-fi mm-hmm. and, and virtual we don't think of that That's and true. i want to bring that uh mixed back because we have the comedy like we have mm-hmm. the we have the versatility we can do these projects it's That's just true. you know maybe resources things like that so That's true and yeah. i think it also you tell me if i'm wrong sometimes people want to do stuff but then they need somebody to give them the idea yeah. to connect it so when 
let's say if I wanted to come to you and be like, hey, I have this idea for a movie, what would that consultation look like? Um, so it, it really depends. I actually had a friend who wanted me to write a movie for him. Mm-hmm. But for me, I get so caught up in the films and writing mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to pick your brain and mm-hmm. then mesh it with my brain because you might tell me something I'm like, ooh, what if it goes this way? But then you're like, no, come back, come mm-hmm. back. I want it specifically like this. So me personally, I know a lot of directors and writers write for other people, but I don't. Mm. Because I have some, I already have so many stories in my head, and I feel like it's not as personable mm-hmm. if I write it. I feel like if you truly have a story, then you need to write it. Nobody mm-hmm. else can write your story how you how you are going to want it. That's true. No matter if you pay the millions, no matter if you pay them hundred dollars, <laughs> they are not going to write your story how you want it. That's so true. I feel like if you want something out there bad enough, you're going to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I can coach, I feel like I could coach someone in how to write it, how to break it down, how to write a treatment Mm -hmm. and then turn that treatment into a script. Mm -hmm. But I can't write it for you because it's, it's going to appear so much differently in my head. Mm -hmm. You ever go to a movie and you watch a movie and you like you and the person you went with, y'all get two different things out of the movie. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's how it is with writing. Like we're going to get, you could explain, write a movie, write a movie about a person walking down the highway. I might take it totally mm-hmm. different than you would you mm-hmm. know like we could come up with two different stories two different plots mm-hmm. so yeah that's awesome yeah. so that being stated when it comes to a team because as you mentioned different people may have different perspectives yeah. of what's supposed to happen within that particular movie or scene mm-hmm. so let's say if you're working with an actor now we mm-hmm. said as far as like you know a potential client mm-hmm. now it comes to an actor mm-hmm. and you have written the script and they may not have the same idea as you thought, you know, mm-hmm. well, as you had for that particular, let me say, role. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of coach them to say, okay, in my mind, it wasn't how you said it, mm-hmm. but this is how I want you to say it. What does yeah. that look like? Because, you know, some people are like, well, I feel like I'm doing a good job. Yeah. So with directing. Uh, directing. At yes, that point. yes. Mm-hmm. With directing, I learned from the very first time me and Corey shot the Inevitable, that was our, that was our very first short film, mm-hmm. is that you can't tell somebody what to do, but mm-hmm. you coach them to it. So I could tell you, uh, look at this camera, but if I tell you, Bree, you're on a podcast mm-hmm. and you can't look at the person to you, you can't look at me, you can only look at the camera. Mm-hmm. It's two different things. Like It's mm-hmm. like, oh, let me look at the camera, but then it's like, oh, well, I only have to look at the camera, so that means my attention is solely on this camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's it's it's more of coaching, and I feel like to be a good coach, you got to be a good player. So um, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. To be a good coach, you got to be a good player. And I think it's also compromising. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the actors and actresses, they can see things and they can see uh, holes in your script that you might not have seen. Mm -hmm. And so their um, perspective might mesh well with yours and it Mm -hmm. can still make the same outcome. It just might be a different road. Oh, yeah. But it's it's, it's all in directing. It's all in coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say for directing, it also comes with project management as well, because you yes. kind of have to make sure everything aligns. Only reason I'm asking this question, because I feel like if it wasn't for you with the commercial that we did mm-hmm. for our blinds, it probably wouldn't have been so organized because mm-hmm. you were like, OK, this is what said A is going to look like. This is what said B it goes mm-hmm. back to the treatment, as you yep. mentioned. I thought that was so awesome. Yeah. So does that have a little bit of organization and project management with that? Yeah, that would be producing. And uh, it's crazy that you said that because I've always thought I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of 
all over the place. I'm super creative and a producer is someone who's like, okay, this is A, B, C, D, E. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, you have to follow like all the lines. So that's what be- she did, child. I mean, <laughs> we, we was in that thing. We was like, where we go? Where, what we need to do? <laughs> yeah, that would be producing. But yes, uh, a producer is the person that is going to get, make sure everything flows together mm-hmm. and has the end goal, which is making sure this film gets its glory at the end of the day. Okay. So, um, yeah. I, I'm working good. into getting into producing. Um, it's it's a really good job. It's just a lot of responsibilities. I, I think now. the producer, the executive producer, has the most like pr- um, responsibilities overall mm-hmm. over the director, over the writer, over mm-hmm. the editor, and over the actresses and actors. That is so cool. So as you said, I was thinking about Fifty Cent. Uh, he is the executive producer over all his shows. Oh. And I'm like, well, I don't think you would be busy on all these responses you do in the world. But besides <laughs> that, I've always wondered what EPs do. Yeah, so EPs work with the budget. They work with the entire team. They cast the like film crew. Mm-hmm. So they're over the lighting. They're over the sound. They're mm-hmm. over um, all the different departments, and they make sure they all are working with working as one so that the film comes together. The director is the person that is basically making sure that those lines that are on paper are translated well for the viewer's eyes. Mm. Um, And of course, the actors and actresses, they deliver. And then you have the other departments like sound and lighting and things of that nature. But overall, Mm. um, the EP is who is the big boss on set. I'm just glad you're breaking it all down for me. And the people that's listening, if you want to get into film, I think this is a great episode to listen to because you are legit breaking down everything. Yeah, I learned. And what's crazy is I learned through YouTube. Um, Like Mm. I said, I graduated with a media degree and we didn't learn film. We learned um, media, which is basically like TV and radio. And Uh we learned um, the logistics behind it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't graduate with film. But what I did do is I studied the crap out of I'm sorry, I was about to study the crap out of uh, YouTube. There Mm -hmm. is so much. Like I said, if you have a phone, there is no excuses. It's so much information on YouTube. Like Mm -hmm. I literally learned everything about film Mm -hmm. from YouTube and just watching film. Because once you, I feel like a lot of people get the knowledge. Okay, I learned about what a director does. I learned how to write. But you still need to apply that. And that, you know, picking up my camera and just writing out, you know, different scenes and scenarios. It don't have to be perfect, but... Mm -hmm. You know, at least you're practicing and overall, and then you can critique your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. I feel like even with my little book right here, it always gives me self reflection too. Yeah, like I make sure I keep all my projects together because, of course, with writing mm-hmm. at that time and me writing now, I probably mm-hmm. had two different mindsets. Yeah, so I like to go back and look at those projects. Like, oh, okay, this is you know when I first started looking on YouTube mm-hmm. to figure out equipment, or this is when yeah. I you know looked up to YouTube yeah. to figure out how to do storytelling and stuff of that nature. Yeah. So I think just getting started going back to what you're saying just get a pen and paper and just get started with one task yeah. and then get started with the next task until you get to where you need to be yeah. and youtube really like i vouch for it too youtube yeah. really helped me a lot yes, 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 yes. <laughs> all right so we are now going to transition into like i mentioned the storytelling mm-hmm. portion of the podcast mm-hmm. and we talk about highs and lows of this business business mm-hmm. personal whatever that looks like to you okay are you ready yes okay <laughs> So we're going to start off with the highs. Okay. Anything that you can say, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Mm-hmm. Arian did amazing. This is what I'm supposed to do, and this is what I'm going to keep doing. Okay. Um, I would say the highs. I'm going to go with my personal life because I guess I've already talked a little bit about business. Mm-hmm. Um, so my personal life, um, I feel like a high was 
um, getting into the mindset of um, the new me, like changing my mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it took mm-hmm. a while and it's still taking a while, but um, I now hold myself accountable for the new mindset that I have, you mm-hmm. know, as far as like speaking to myself positively, mm-hmm. um, believing in myself mm-hmm. and having confidence. Uh, when I first graduated, I graduated when the pandemic first started. I think I graduated December 2019. The pandemic started with March, March 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. And so I was applying thinking I was going to be a TV anchor and, and things of that nature. And so when everything was kind of stripped from me, you mm-hmm. know, as far as my career, because that was my identity, like, oh, I have a degree, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about to go do this. And mm-hmm. so when that was stripped from me, that stripped my confidence a lot. Yeah. So building up my confidence and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go after this film. I don't have a film school degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to film school. I don't really know too many people in the industry. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of, you know, big films being made. But just having the confidence and then the assuring myself that I'm going to make it regardless, you know, yes. having that that confidence. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real big pat in the back because before I was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is <laughs> really so beautiful because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not be transparent i was going through with um anxiety a little yeah. bit and i was just not motivated to do anything mm-hmm. but until i had to talk to myself like Bree, this is not you yeah. you know you got to start breathing good energy you got to start saying things to yourself that's going to get you over the hump mm-hmm. so if you could share one thing that helps you get over the hump is that maybe an affirmation or anything maybe waking up earlier in the morning to get stuff done I don't know what that looks like for you Mm -hmm. that's what I'm asking (laughs) what was just something that that positive note that you gave yourself um having my goals plastered everywhere Mm -hmm. on my phone uh my home screen and my locks are two different things but they're still goals Mm -hmm. in my room I have sticky notes you know being Mary Jane I have sticky notes everywhere like goals Mm -hmm. um when I open my notebooks I have my goals written down so Mm -hmm. constantly seeing that Mm -hmm. is a constant reminder okay we can't let ourselves down like Mm -hmm. we have too many people depending on us and too many people that we want to take care of so what are you going to do with this talent and also it comes from um just knowing once you I feel like once you know yourself and you know your purpose Mm -hmm it's hard to let yourself down because you're like, dang, this is why I'm here. This is why God created me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a one in a million chance that I was even born, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it boils I down. I never thought about it like that. Even with me, like my mom wasn't, again, personal, my mom was supposed to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad weren't together. I was mm-hmm. not planned. I My mom had me at 39 years old. Was not planned. I wasn't supposed to be wow. here. So just thinking about like, man, like I actually made it through all of that, mm-hmm. you know, all that adversity. And the fact that I have these big dreams, that's not for nothing. Right. You know, so. Seriously. Yeah. I think you need, everybody needs to like write out their goals. Mm -hmm. Have it on your phone. Like, you know, it's nice to have a picture of yourself on your phone, but Mm -hmm. it's it's also good to have a a nice reminder. When I look at my home screen, okay, I know I got to keep going. I got to get up, do this. Mm -hmm. And when I look at my my live screen, okay, I got to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just good to have reminders until you get in a space to where, it's already embedded in your head. Yes. 
I feel like the habit behind yes. it makes a difference. Yes. Because at that point, what you put out there in the universe, you're going to receive back. So if you're talking, you know, also you got to put it into action. Yeah. But once you start seeing things like, okay, this is motivational, this is encouragement, I think it depends on the people around you too. Do oh, you yes. agree with that? Yes, 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 yes. Have you ever just had to, you know, cut yes. people out because they didn't align, <laughs> that they didn't align with your... Yes, I've actually cut up a lot of people because I... They, I've realized that a lot of people I was around, I was hanging on to them, but they were hanging on to my old self. Mm. And so every time I would come around them, it would be like, dang, I'm falling back into bad habits. And mm-hmm. I knew that, but it was that comfortability. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten used to just kind of hanging by myself and, and meeting different people outside of my my old habits. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really helps, you know. And even when I meet people, I tell them I'm a film writer, film director. I only have one film on YouTube. I have a few written in my uh, writer's duet, but mm-hmm. I only have one film on But it's that telling people that and then never know what connection they might have. That is true. Because so that could be the, a funding situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Walking into the room as if I'm already that. You know, I might not already have a team of like film people mm-hmm. and whatnot, like mm-hmm. a, a film crew. But I'm going to tell you that I'm a film writer and I'm a film director because I know that that's what I'm destined to be. I know that's right. Yeah. I love that area. Yeah. It's just yeah. so much confidence. Yeah. Okay. So really other end, work on it. <laughs> <laughs> so on the other end of the spectrum, of course we go through our lows. Yeah. But I feel like there are also lessons. Yeah. So if you can for us describe a situation where you kind of question, is this for me? Am I supposed mm-hmm. to be in film? Am I supposed to be directing? Am I supposed to be writing this? What were some things where you just had to rethink? And then mm-hmm. also how did you push through to keep going? Because of course you Based on what we just said, you got two films on the way. Yeah. So for you to keep pushing to where you are today. Oh, man. Um, a lows. When me and Corey first filmed The Inevitable, it was horrible. And I, I'm being fully transparent. We had to he refilm. Said the same thing last yeah. week. We had to refilm. We had to call. We had a few actors that were um, out of town. We had to mm-hmm. call them back. Mm-hmm. We had an actor the day before filming tell us that he wasn't going to be able to to be a character so Corey had to step in mm-hmm. so it's honestly rolling with the punches and then realizing that everything's going to be all right mm-hmm. um that's that's just what i've learned i remember my very first short film i wrote it based off of my cousin mm-hmm. she said she wanted to be an actress so i was like, okay girl i wrote you this short film it's about three minutes and then when time came she was like oh no i don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. and i had already planned out this you know i bought the materials, everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play it myself. Right. Rewrote the entire script that night before. The next day I went and filmed it and people love it. So sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like going through those mishaps mm-hmm. and everything, every time you go through a mishap, you notice everything still comes out okay. That is true. And also listening to people that I I adore. Like I listen to a lot of Beyonce's interviews. Mm-hmm. I admire her so much on her discipline and her work yes. ethics. And just yes. how people say that she's, you know, not as talkative, but you have mm-hmm. to watch her documentaries to know that she explains and she she shares her um, her wrongs. That's true. She does all the time. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, okay, if somebody like that to that caliber is having problems, mm-hmm. then minds aren't, you know, aren't yeah. that big as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, even the day of Coachella, she explained, like, she experienced some, some mishaps and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But... Look at, I mean, look what she did. She won Emmys from that performance. She so. did. Yeah. And I think one thing with her, of course, is discipline. When I found out that she was saying, oh, I can't dance, but she sat 
hours and hours in the studio to learn that choreography to make sure she when she got on stage it was gonna be on point yes and when I found out that no one from the other end just watching her I'm like this girl says she can't dance yeah yeah she can't dance. it yeah. gives you a different mindset of like you mentioned she's going through stuff that's Beyonce yeah I'm going through this stuff. I mean, if she has to put in discipline, I have to put in discipline too. If she has to put in effort, I have to put in effort too. Because yeah. I am not going to get further along if I stay comfortable with me. Oh, snap, I can't do that. And now I'm just going to quit. She didn't yeah. quit. She's known as one of the most amazing entertainers of our lifetime. Yes. So if she didn't have put in those extra hours to learn how to dance, put in that extra hour to just stay after rehearsal... Because I think I was watching documentary too, because she yeah. does say more in her documentaries, mm -hmm. how she would just spend hours and hours on her craft. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to be amazing in my own industry, I have to spend hours and hours and hours on my craft as well. So I think yeah. that was really good what she said. And what's crazy is she knows every role. I, I remember mm -hmm. her saying she she plans out the pre-production during production. She's doing her performance and she she also works in post-production. And it makes me think I'm not going hard enough. Mm -hmm. You know, if I if I'm in an industry and I said that I want to do it, I need to learn every in and out of yeah. the industry. Yeah. And so I think that's also why I'm so hands on with the writing and directing, mm -hmm. and then eventually getting to uh, producing and then learning about lights and sound. That mm -hmm. stuff bores me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if I'm gonna be um, a boss owner. Mm -hmm. Come on, boss. <laughs> I have to know how to tell people, you know That's what I'm saying, true. how to do it. I don't want to be in a space where someone, I don't know how to do someone's job and I'm mm -hmm. calling myself a boss. Or mm -hmm. what if they need to take a day out and I got to fill in? You don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's just learning like the ins and outs of your any industry, mm -hmm. you know. And when I was doing the show, like, you know, I'm pretty sure you did the same. You set mm -hmm. up your lights, you set up your audio, you, uh -huh. you're hosting, you're going to edit, like all these things you have to know how to do. And people look at it, oh, it's just that, but that's, that's, that's amazing. It's time consuming. It's time consuming, it's like but it's skills. You have to put in there. Yeah, you have to in order to grow. Because yeah. I mentioned earlier, if you stay complacent with, oh my gosh, I got to do this all by myself, this, this, and that. Yeah. How I look at it, me being able to set up in this, this, and that, one day I can teach a team. Yeah. There you go. This is how we do it. This is how it looks. No, this is not right because mm -hmm. I've been in that position. Yes. Even with social media, I had to do it for myself for a little bit until I was able to get a team. Mm -hmm. But when I got my team in place, I had systems mm -hmm. in place to, okay, this is what I did. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give it on up to you. So yeah. it's really good, as you mentioned, not only being the forefront, but also understanding what the back looks like as well. And I feel like sometimes God does that just to test us. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever, like been in production and, and it just not going right but you just kept at it and it, mm -hmm. it just worked mm -hmm. like I feel like God tests us and just to see how dedicated you know sometimes we pray God, God I don't need this God I need mm -hmm. it I'm back again God God I'm here tomorrow I'm here the mm -hmm. next day and God is just like okay I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how much you want it and you never know yeah. you know that third you might have failed three times but that fourth try that might be God's blessing for you right there so legit that's why you gotta stay with it yes. because and I've been living by this like your test is your testimony. Ooh, yeah. I have been living mm -hmm. by that because going back to the equipment, I had no idea. I went to school for accounting. Mm 
Yeah. <laughs> I was to school for accounting. Yeah. So those dark nights where I was just trying to figure it out and now I'm teaching people, I'm like, okay, that was my test to get to my testimony now to deliver what my mission is and that's to help people in whatever mm-hmm. through my own experience. I mm-hmm. can't say for everybody's experience, but from my own experience, I had to go through those particular trials. Yeah. And so going back to what you mentioned, it's just we never know what why are we going through what we're going through. Yeah. But he does. So yeah. that's the discipline to be obedient to me. Oh yes. To be obedient, to just stay on that journey because you don't know what's going to be at the end of that journey, that destination. You never know what that blessing looks like. People don't know. That's why I said, okay, so we were talking about earlier. Back in the day, I did a um, icebreaker. If you could sit on a bench with somebody, turn off your phones, turn off social media, no distractions, who would it be? Mm -hmm. For me, it would be Harriet Tubman because she was so obedient to the word, to what God called her to do. And what she went through, I would have just quit. But she stayed obedient because that mission was way bigger than what she probably ever thought it would be. But she stayed obedient to it. So like you mentioned, that old word, that is real because it has to be instilled with action and yeah. effort and just staying consistent to the craft. Yeah. Oh, girl, I just started preaching. I'm so yeah. sorry. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next is what would be one free advice mm-hmm. that you could give somebody that's listening right now, film, editing, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. or just somebody that's looking to speak positive words into themselves and they may be down and they're like, I don't know how to get over this hump because I'm now feeling anxiety. I'm now feeling the I'm now feeling discouraged to mm-hmm. keep moving forward. So what could you tell somebody that's listening? Just went for your advice. Um my free advice, I would say talk to God and I think a lot of people get caught up on the conversation with God. I talk to God like that's my homeboy. What's up? Like, we listen, we and him, we chop it up all the time. I be in the car. I know people probably looking like, she talking to herself? I am. I'm talking to him. Like, I'm just talking out loud. Sometimes it's, it's some, something as simple as, God, I need strength today. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as, God, I need the confidence. Or something as simple as, God, I'm not feeling today. I don't know what's going on. And then just being quiet. I think... As someone who talks a lot, mm-hmm. my uh, superpower also, it, it could be talking, but it also could be silence. Mm-hmm. I've learned to sit in the car in silence, and that's probably one of my favorite things to do because mm-hmm. films come to me. Like, I, I'll imagine scenes and, and characters in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's that's amazing. But mm-hmm. that's something about that silence and something about silencing the world and just kind of tapping in with yourself. So I think... Sometimes a lot of us, we get anxiety and and we go through depressions and it might be caused by other factors. When's the last time you sat with yourself? When's the last time you wrote to yourself and kind of evaluated yourself? And, and then you realize, I really wasn't thinking that. I was probably taking on emotions of, of the song I listened to or the post I just watched. Mm-hmm. So it would it would be to talk to God and just sit in silence, to sit with yourself. I love that. Yeah, I had to, girl, I had to learn. So, but I guess that people call it meditation, but you know, it don't have to be like, mm, you know, like, it doesn't have to be like that. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be like Tina Turner and what's up, got to do a home. You know, you don't have to do all of that. Mm-hmm. You just sit in the car, turn off your radio, put your phone away, and just sit and listen to like what God has to speak to you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're like, oh, like I said, we pray to God, we pray to God, 
when's the last time you actually heard his voice like to the mm. point where you hear what the universe or God or whoever is trying to say to you? Mm-hmm. The answer might be in that silence. Mm-hmm. Five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, whatever you mean. That was really yeah. good. Really? Yeah. yeah it's just very- <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's silence. So just sitting in silence. Just having that conversation. That's it right there. That's where the best ideas come from, I promise. I, okay, so I'm with you all the way. Because I stopped getting in the car and just putting on my music automatically. Yeah. So I'm with you definitely on that. Yeah. And then I also get ideas in the shower, too. Yes. Because, of course, it's still quiet. Yeah, I used to listen to music in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I kind of cut that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's that silence is the key because God does talk to us in different ways, but sometimes yeah. we have to be available. Yeah. So if it's a lot of distractions, we may miss that. Yep. Y'all take that note down. Yeah. That was good. Okay. Yeah. So how can the people get in touch with you? Yes. Website, handlers, next movie coming out with you and yes. Corey. Shout out to Corey. Yes. How can the people stay in touch with you? Okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Arian Helm, A-R-I-A-N-H-E-L-M. Um, you can go to arianhelm.com. Um, you can go on YouTube and type in Arian Helm and my projects will appear. Uh, Helm Network is where some of my um, film projects uh, now and soon to come mm-hmm. will be appearing. And yeah, that's that's pretty much just Ar- anything Arian Helm. You can find me there. Mm-hmm. Please support y'all. Yes, follow. Uh, stay tuned because the network yeah. is going to be on and popping. So y'all make sure that y'all please support Arian and everything that she does. And I want to thank you, Bree, for having me on your podcast. I really do appreciate it. Bree's amazing. So cool. She not only is a host, but she's also like very eloquently, like you speak so eloquent. And also, mm-hmm. she's an actress. Okay, <laughs> listen, yeah. <laughs> when you played the so Tony fun. Child, yeah, she's an actress. That was so much fun. Yeah. But you made it so easy. It was like, okay, Brie, you're going to be over here. You're going to look this way. Don't yeah. look at us, but just look this way and this, this, and that. I mean, just awesome. Yeah. It sounds like Brie might be in another project, so y'all say to him. <laughs> she said it. Yeah, y'all say to him. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gents, we always end it with a motivational moment. It could be a Bible verse, a quote, mm-hmm. something that just sparked my eye, and I bring it on here for us to chat. Mm-hmm. I'll say what my thoughts are, and then mm-hmm. you tell me what your thoughts are. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so, ooh, okay, yeah, this is it. Okay, so you go to get up every morning with determination. If you're going to, I cannot read my uh, handwriting. Okay, let me start all over. You go to get up every morning with determination. If you're going to go to bed with satisfaction. So I'm going to read it one more time. You got to get up every morning with determination. That's what it is. You got to get up every morning with determination if you're going to go to bed with satisfaction. And that is a quote by George Lorimer. Dang, I must have been really writing quick this morning. Okay. So when I first read that quote, I thought about basically a to-do list. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am changing up. My mind said when I wake up every morning, instead of going to look at Instagram, I've been listening to more Darren Daly. Shout out to him. But he does motivational, like, five-minute coaching sessions every morning just mm-hmm. to get you started on your day. So I try to listen to that. I go to Abide, which is a Christian meditation for prayers. Mm-hmm. I do that, and then I get started with my to-do list. I feel when I do that, I kind of set up my day so I can go to bed with not, oh, my gosh, I didn't get that done today, or oh my goodness, this did not happen today. And this was just, you know, just going crazy, basically. And I feel 
once I get my day in control, it's easier for me to kind of look at, okay, I want to be in bed at nine o'clock. So by seven o'clock, I need to be, you know, getting ready to slow down for the day. So once I get up with determination that I need to get this done, I'm in the mindset of just being productive for the day. It helps me to go to bed easier at nighttime for me not to oh my gosh, I let the day go by with not getting anything done. I make sure I hold myself accountable of creating that to-do list and getting myself productive of the day so I can go to sleep with, yes, today was an amazing day. And so if you need me to read the quote again, I can because it was a little crazy. But what was your thoughts when you heard that quote? Um, I'm about the same as like the to-do list. Um, can you read one? I know you you start the day with dedication, end the day with satisfaction. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. So you get up every morning with determination if you're going to go to bed with satisfaction. Okay. Yeah. Um. I would say a to do list, but also um something about just focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That's that's something that I I struggle with. I would like make my to do list. Like I have like 10, 15 things, and sometimes mm-hmm. I would get discouraged. But I feel like if I checked one thing off of my to do list, mm-hmm. then that that means something, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So um just yeah, prioritizing what's important mm-hmm. and then getting it done, and then at the end of the day, kind of just. You know, being grateful, going to bed with a set of gratitude, like you said. Legit. And I feel people need to look more into gratitude because I feel once you do that, that opening of looking at everything that you do have and just being happy Mm -hmm. and setting the presence of what you do have going on for yourself, it takes away from just thinking so much about the problems and why I didn't get this done or why isn't my life like this? And now you're comparing yourself and adding more issues to yourself than you already had. Mm -hmm. So I think with showing gratitude, I think it's something to help out knowing how far along that you've gotten and looking at those blessings that you've received. Because at that point, it all that other stuff doesn't matter because I'm still here. Another day is another opportunity. Oh, yes. That's a, that's a bar. Yeah. <laughs> another day, another opportunity. Yes, it is. So is there anything you feel like I missed today? Anything you feel like um, we need to discuss or any last words? Because this just, is it. Just one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get too far up. Do, don't get too caught up in the hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Um, as something I was like, man, I made a goal. I remember uh, 2020, the end of 2020, I made a goal. I was like, I'm going to write a short film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to produce and, and make a f- short film every month. But then I don't want to take away from living. You know, I don't want to take away and being in the moment. So uh, if I could say anything to close out, just live in the moment. And I feel like what you need will find you. Like what you truly need finds you mm-hmm. in general. And I feel like we're in a, you know, a culture of you got to hustle, you got to get the money, got to get this, got to get that. And honestly, just live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Be present. I'm so thankful that you came. Yes. Thank you. I Thank you for having me. This I'm is so, so honored. good. This yeah. is so good. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you guys and gals so much for tuning into another episode of What's Good Podcast, season five. If you're listening to this morning, noon, evening, or night, have a great one. Bye. Hey guys, for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at what's good podcast. 
Uh, make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see. And I can also respond back to you guys. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates. Thank you. Have a good one.